Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me today. Glad you're here. Happy you're listening. Well, January 6th seems to be over for now, but uh, Liz Cheney still posting stuff, even though she's lost her seat in Congress. And, you know, I guess it's it's dying out. But uh, you do see some posts from time to time about people still complaining about it. But this story on Tucker regarding Ray Epps is interesting. Um Ray Epps is this guy that ran around on January 6th and January 5th, to be more precise, saying, tomorrow we need to go to the Capitol and trying to get people as an older gentleman. Almost everybody's seen video footage of this guy by now. But, you know, curiously, there's really not men- much mention of Ray Epps in the January 6th hearing. And the FBI seems to be not interested in him at all, even though he was on the top 20 list initially. So what is going on there, right? I mean, what what is this all about? Um, it's hard to say because nobody's talking. And the people that are talking are all the wrong kind of people, like Adam Kinzinger, who has nothing but great things to say about Ray Epps. So I thought we would play a little bit from this Tucker uh monologue and 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 just comment on a little bit and and you know ask some questions you know why why is this guy not a person of interest you know eight seven or eight hundred people sit in jail for the last almost two years for essentially trespassing and this guy walks around free and the question is why what's going on what is this all about so without further ado let's uh let's uh cue up this Tucker monologue and, and uh, provide some comments here and there. So the New York Times has written hundreds and hundreds of articles about January 6th since it happened, describing it as a riot, an insurrection. As part of its coverage last summer, the Times published a video documentary in which the Times reported that one man was actually caught on camera planning an insurrection, encouraging a breach of the Capitol complex. That man's name is Ray Epps. Now, the New York Times noted that Epps was videotaped on both January 5th and January 6th, urging protesters to storm the Capitol. Here it is. We need to go in to the Capitol. Let's go! I'm going to put it out there. I'm probably going to go to jail tomorrow. We need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Numerous people posted footage on this guy on January 5th saying, tomorrow we need to go to the Capitol. And, of course, you know, you can hear in the background people chanting, Fed, 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 Fed. So they've properly identified him, I guess, as a, as a federal agent. And um, anyway, it's just a, a curious. I mean, this guy's all over January 5th and 6th. He's in uh, uh, videos, other people's videos, not just, uh, not just official videos. 
and yet there's no interest in him. And it's, it's a curious, peculiar story at best, but, you know, when viewed through the lens of get Trump at all costs, uh, you can see how this guy probably, you know, was an inside player. He was an inside actor um, instigating this quote-unquote insurrection that took place on January 6th. So shortly after that video surfaced, the FBI placed Ray Epps on a list of people wanted for questioning, and they released it to the public. And you can understand why they did that. According to the Justice Department, what Ray Epps did on that video is a federal crime. In fact, the Biden administration has charged several people with seditious conspiracy for doing precisely what you just saw Ray Epps do, urging others to enter the Capitol complex on January 6th. Here, for example, is a quote from a DOJ press release. It describes the federal case against five members of the so-called Proud Boys, the group you're supposed to be terrified of. Quote, on January 6, 2021, the defendants directed, mobilized, and led members of the crowd onto the Capitol grounds and into the Capitol. End quote. So if you're a Proud Boy, they, you know, throw you in jail, lock away the key, and make you sit there and wait for a trial. But if you're Ray Epps, meh, we lose interest in you very quickly. Why? Why is that? Why is that happening? Or why is nothing happening? Maybe is a better way to say it. Ray Epps is not under any kind of indictment. He's not a person of interest. He hasn't been charged with anything. And he is not sitting in jail. But as you can see, or as you can hear, um, what he did on January 5th and 6th was what others were alleged to have done, namely people like the Proud Boys and people that belong to unfavored groups, also did. So why the unequal, the unequal administration of justice? Well, you know, I think we can speculate, but I think um, a lot of the speculation is, is that Ray Epps works for the FBI or is an informant for the FBI. And that's why there's no interest in him. Again, that's what you just saw Ray Epps tried to do. But here's the difference. Others who have done that are in prison or facing long terms in prison. But no charges have ever been filed against Ray Epps, despite the fact there's no question he did it, because once more, it's on tape. That's very strange. It just is. And we don't care how many people call us names for pointing that out. It is strange. And we'd like an answer to what the heck is going on. Now, we've asked Ray Epps on this show repeatedly to explain why he thinks he has escaped prosecution. And we'll ask him once again tonight. And we will keep asking, because we think it is a very obvious and important question that gets to the heart of what is this exactly. It's really strange how these government officials can just ignore questions like this. I mean, just they just don't even respond. I mean, if you if you ask a question of the, like this of uh, Corinne Jean Pierre, you get, well, you know, what we've been doing is we've been uh, working hard to uh, work with the Justice Department. To I mean, it's just a word salad. She never really answers the question, and. And they just more or less ignore it. And I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know how this really ends because I've said on this program before, justice is one of these things that is very, very important uh, in the American culture. Um, people have this innate sense of fairness and they don't like to see people treated unfairly and those with some sort of privilege treated fairly. 
they don't like to see that that disparity. So it, it's really hard to say what will ever come of this. I mean, there's enough of it now that I think people are outraged about it. But this administration that's running our government at the time, at the right now, seems to be tone deaf and, and doesn't listen to the American public anyway. But it's amazing how little Democrats want to hear about this. Again, Nancy Pelosi and Liz Cheney have spent the last year staging an investigation at great expense and then a series of public show trials arresting people in their homes, supposedly designed to discover how and why January 6th happened. But they remain curiously uninterested in the Epps case. We've got what seems like an actual insurrectionist on tape, but they don't want to talk about it. And they definitely don't want you to talk about it or ask any questions. As if to prove that point, the New York Times just ran a piece explaining that when you ask questions about Ray Epps, you are committing a moral crime, maybe even helping Putin. The piece was entitled, It's Just Been Hell, Life as the Victim of a January 6th Conspiracy Theory. Oh, so Ray Epps, the guy telling people to breach the Capitol, is now, in the words of the New York Times, a victim, a victim of your unrestrained curiosity. The elites and the people running these institutions just run the same playbook over and over again. When you, when you point out some sort of injustice or some sort of incontinuity, discontinuity with, uh, with our system, they just cry foul. I'm a victim. Um, they don't really ever address the question. They just move on and wait till it goes away, and then and then they get there's some other foul that they get questioned on. But uh, yeah, there's there's uh, there should be a lot of questions about this guy about Ray Epps, and nobody's asking any questions. Um, nobody except Tucker, and that's a real problem. I mean. Um, we there's a lot of people in government that have broken the law that have done things wrong and as you know i mean there's nothing special about working in a building called government it doesn't make you immune from breaking laws i mean it, it doesn't it doesn't give you immunity from breaking laws you know if if there's a very simple rule and i and i think you know we we're not following it right now and that is if you can't do it, the government shouldn't be able to do it. But clearly, Ray Epps is with the government. Otherwise, he'd be sitting in jail right now waiting for a hearing or a trial. Like the agencies themselves, the New York Times piece was highly deceptive. For example, the New York Times says that Epps was, quote, taped urging people to go to the Capitol. Oh, but that's not what the tape shows. Ray Epps was doing something very different. Ray Epps was urging people to go into the Capitol, not to the Capitol. And there's a big difference legally. One is a crime, according to the DOJ, and the other is not a crime. And that's not all Ray Epps did. Epps also told people what they should do once they got inside the Capitol, and that's on video too. This is just minutes before the first breach of the building that day. Watch. One more thing. Yeah, so can we go up there? No? When we go in. Are we going to get arrested if we go up here. there? Yeah. You don't need to get shot. When do we go in and leave this here? What does that mean? Well, for some reason, the New York Times reporter didn't ask Ray Epps what he meant by that. Now, the reporter spent a day talking to Epps. It was a day-long conversation, according to the story. But that question never came up. No meaningful question came up. How does somebody watch this footage knowing 
what's happening to a bunch of other Americans who were there on the Capitol. Watch this footage of Ray Epps and not ask a lot of tough questions. Well, I think the, the question answers itself, right? I mean, they're, they're shilling for the government, basically. They, they don't want to ask Ray Epps tough questions. They just want to frame a story that paints Ray Epps as someone that was harmless and wasn't doing anything wrong there on the Capitol. So, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting kind of omission, you know, an omission of, of curiosity uh, by the New York Times. And, you know, this is part of the problem. We can never get to the bottom of who some of these actors are because the media won't ask the questions. And the people that do want to ask the questions, like Tucker, eh, the guys won't show up and go on the show, which I can't blame them. But, you know, if, if all the media outlets were asking these tough questions, there'd be nowhere for Ray Epps to hide. He would have to show his face uh, either via the media or, or from Congress itself. You know, the public opinion would be such that he would be subpoenaed and, and he would have to stand before Congress and, and ask some questions. But that public opinion, that public opinion cannot get out because too much of the media is just shilling for the government. It's all very strange. The New York Times is mounting a propaganda campaign on behalf of a self-described Trump voter insurrectionist. Now, this is the same paper that cheered Ashley Babbitt's death, but this same paper is weeping for Ray Epps because people have been mean to him online? Hmm. It's almost like they're trying to cover something up. I really don't see how anybody doesn't understand why conspiracy theories abound in the United States. I mean... When reporters just don't get to the, they don't even try to get to the bottom of anything. They don't ask any questions. They just frame a story, tell a, a narrative, you know, frame up a narrative, tell the story, and then repeat it over all the like-minded uh, news outlets. And, and they wonder why, you know, people are, you know, dream, dreaming up conspiracies, wondering why their government is so inept or why it's actually working against them. Now, buried near the end of the New York Times piece, there's a hint. We find this line, quote, Mr. Epps also said he regretted sending a text to his nephew well after the violence had erupted, in which he discussed how he helped orchestrate the movements of people who were leaving Mr. Trump's speech near the White House by pointing them in the direction of the Capitol. Really? What was in that text? We'd never heard of that before, and it kind of makes you think the entire New York Times piece was written to drop that little bomblet at the end in the least damaging way. If you're even a remotely good reporter, that would make the hair on your neck stand up. And you would you would be drawn to ask those questions. You would the 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 desire for the truth would compel you to go ask those hard questions. But no, no, there's no no hard questions, nothing to see here. Just move along. You know, I mean, that is literally where we are today with the media. It's it's just frame up a narrative, tell the story, nothing to see here, move along. What exactly did Ray Epps say to his nephew? Have prosecutors reviewed that text? The New York Times doesn't tell us. Nor does the New York Times tell us whether Ray Epps has had any contact with any federal agencies in the period before January 6th. That's the core question. 
but they didn't ask it. Why is that? Seems like a major omission. But don't ask more questions, commands the New York Times. Otherwise, Ray Epps may be killed by Mexican drug cartels. Mexican drug cartels? What do they have to do with this? We're not sure. But according to the paper, there are people who have heard, quote, some cartel members talking about killing Mr. Epps. Right, because the drug cartels are committed Trump voters and they feel betrayed by Ray Epps. Maybe they're queuing on people too. This is highly strange. And if you're going to spend more than a year looking into January 6th and you ignore this, then it's more than strange. It's an indictment of your motives. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if, you, if you're not talking to this guy, Ray Epps, then what is January 6th really? What, what, what are you talking about here? I mean, it can't be a serious endeavor to try to understand, you know, what kind of bad actors were trying to perpetrate an overthrow of the U.S. government. It can't be that. Otherwise, you'd have Ray Epps involved. Ray Epps would be right at the top of the list. So, yeah, you know, for no other reason than this, you just have to look at this whole January 6th thing and say, eh, it's a, it's a political, it's political theater. It's just a show. Um, and, and maybe, uh, you know, it could be kind of a predicate for what they uh, might want to pull on Donald Trump. You know, they've, they've raided his house in Mar-a-Lago, but maybe there's more. Maybe there's more to do to Donald Trump because uh, they spent, you know, three weeks dragging his name through broken glass trying to convince the American public that there's actually some there there. Well, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, just let's take all of this in. The one person caught repeatedly urging people into the Capitol as early as January 5th is the one person of all of the January 6th riot participants that the New York Times just happens to write this ultra-sympathetic puff piece for. Uh, it's it's quite remarkable. And to look at the piece itself, as you uh, suggested in, in your um, in your intro, there are some real glaring omissions uh, from a journalistic standpoint to have access to this guy. Number one, in the entire piece, there is no blanket explicit denial on the on part of Epps to have been associated with any intelligence group, DHS, JTTF, military intelligence, so forth, just reiterates his um, very legal denial of being involved with law, law enforcement. Yeah, can I say, for example, no, I don't have any involvement with law enforcement. Does that mean, you know, I'm not an informant? Can I still be an informant and say that? So, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is, it, he's right, this guy from Revolver News, who wrote kind of a, a, a more accurate story on Ray Epps. Uh, but, you know, the whole thing is just kind of, it just kind of makes you say January 6th can't be a real thing. It's some sort of conjured up, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying people didn't riot at the Capitol on January 6th. Clearly they did. And some people did some bad things like destruct, you know, destroyed some property, broke some windows, took some things that didn't belong to them. But, you know, riding and, and carrying a, a Trump flag around and, and this kind of thing. I mean, th this is not an insurrection. You know, 
the people that were armed there, there were some people with some knives or something. I mean, really, I mean, who, who in their right mind thinks that you could overthrow the U.S. government with, I don't know, 20 people that have knives? I mean, come on. Nobody believes this shit. And this New York Times piece and the government's lack of interest in this guy Ray Epps just goes to show you that it, it's a bunch of bullshit. Number two, the piece describes Epps as a Trump supporter. He just went to went to D.C. to defend Trump and to attend the speech on the last minute uh, a thing with his son to attend Trump's speech on election fraud. The only thing is, Epps didn't attend the speech. Epps travels all the way from Arizona to D.C., this big Trump supporter, and he doesn't even attend the speech. Instead, he fixates on this bizarre mission to get everyone to go into the Capitol. And by the way, he just happens to be hanging out right by the initial breach point near the Peace Monument on the west side of the Capitol before the Proud Boys even get there. Yeah, there's, there's quite a bit here that you have to swallow in order to make this plausible. I mean, just right out of the gate, he's this big Trump supporter, but he didn't go to the speech. I mean, what is it? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, if nothing else, we've seen Trump supporters, they, they flock to these speeches that he gives, which are really not even very good speeches. They're just him kind of criticizing people he doesn't like or whatever. But um, yeah, so I mean, there's just a lot that you have to that you have to believe that's true that just doesn't add up in order to believe that Epps was just another person there at the Capitol rioting on behalf of Trump. Well, okay, Let, let's grant that. Let's just grant that, okay? Why didn't he get arrested then? You know, there were a lot of other people just doing that. They were just claiming to do that. In fact, there's evidence that that's what they were doing. It's not just that they were claiming to do that. There's evidence of such. So why were they arrested and why wasn't Epps? There's, there's clearly some sort of disconnect here. There's some piece of information that we don't know. And that information is likely that he's an informant or he works for the government somehow or was paid a paid contractor by the government. Some sort of association with the government to instigate this mess and therefore has immunity and therefore there's no charges. There's no interest uh, from the FBI or any other law enforcement agency. Thirdly, where did Ray Epps get this idea? This whole piece doesn't explore that question at all. Here's the one person calling for everyone to go in. Where did you get that idea, Ray Epps? Did it occur to you out of nowhere? Did someone tell you to do it? This piece shockingly, does not explore that question at all, which is the paramount question that's really the animating, the alleged animating focus of January 6th committee. So this is so dirty. Ray Epps' behavior was so egregious that he was one of the first 20 on the FBI most wanted list. He was featured as a star in the New York Times' own documentary on January 6th. And now he's unarrested, unindicted, and he's the only January 6th writer about whom Adam Kinsinger has nice things to say and the New York Times yep. is writing puff pieces about. Look, the sad truth is there's never going to be any evidence that Ray Epps is, an, is some sort of insider, some sort of federal insider or informant or something like that. We're never going to hear about this evidence. 
Uh, I mean, I, I suppose the Republicans could get a control of the House and they could subpoena Ray Epps and all this kind of stuff. And I, I don't even know. I, I'm not sure. I, I, my, my gut feeling is it'll never come out. If the Republicans win the House, Ray Epps will probably turn up dead. That's my guess. Because they don't want that guy going before Congress and spilling the beans and implicating all these bad actors, these these people that basically conjured up this uh, this January sixth insurrection. Uh, you know, if we if we really found out about it, we would find out that a bunch of these people on Facebook were FBI agents communicating with some of these people, getting them all riled up, just like the Gretchen Whitmer thing, just like the Gretchen Whitmer thing. So. I don't think we're ever going to find out. We're never, we're certainly never going to hear from Ray Epps. It's like I said, if, if for some reason the Republicans win the house and they start, uh, bring, you know, subpoenaing, subpoenaing a bunch of people and Ray Epps included in that, the guy's just going to turn up dead. We're just never going to hear from the guy ever. So I wouldn't, if you're sitting out there and you're waiting for the Republicans to win the house and you think all this stuff is going to be corrected. I just, I don't know, man, I wouldn't hold my breath. These people are so corrupt and so manipulative that, uh, I just wouldn't put anything past them. It's just, they're just evil power, hungry, power mongering, evil people that want to rule over other people. That's, that's the nature of government. He's the smoking gun attack. of the entire Fedsurrection. Well, uh, and, and they go crazy when you ask simple questions like, what was the role of federal law enforcement or the military in this day? And it's been our experience that when they won't answer a question and call you names for asking it, maybe there's something there. I appreciate you're pulling this thread relentlessly. Darren Beatty, thank you. I love how he calls it the Fedsurrection. That's a great name. I hadn't heard that before, but it's, uh, it, it's apropos. Uh, but yeah, this guy with Revolver News, he's pulling on this thread. The problem is I just don't think it's going to materialize in anything. I think the, I think they've, I don't know how you get so many people to, you know, toe the party line on something like this. The only thing I can think of is they just, they so despise Trump, all of them, that they wouldn't dare step out of line and create a chance, an opening for Trump to succeed. That's the only thing I can think of because normally you just can't get this many people to agree on, you know, some lie or some false story, right? It's just not possible. But it seems in this case, they have succeeded in doing just that. Well, look, that's, uh, I'm going to cut it short for the day. I just want to let you know that I'm going to take a couple of days off for Labor Day and go hunting and probably will miss a couple of shows here and there. So uh, if you if you don't get a new show that hits your uh, podcast player, go back and listen to some of the uh, original shows, some of the shows from the earlier days. Now, I will tell you that I think I've gotten better. You know, I've gotten a little bit better at this, at talking uh, into this microphone. Uh, at first, it was a little bit uh, unnerving and a little bit you're kind of in your own head about what to say and whatnot, but the content is still good. Okay. So go back. If you, if you didn't start at episode one, go back and, and listen to some of those earlier episodes. 
I, hopefully you'll appreciate uh, how far I've come after 123 episodes. Uh, but until then, uh, keep sharing the show, keep listening, uh, share it with a family member, friend, coworker, somebody like that. Um, the content is good. I'm, uh, I think I'm, I'm think I'm staying kind of on the leading edge of information here, and trying to ferret out stories and content that is uh, interesting and is at the uh, forefront of people's minds in our culture. Mm. It's almost like they're trying to cover something up. <laughs>